This is Dave from Carlsbad, California. Got some tough times going, but I'll get through it with God's help. Love you guys. Listen every day. I'm all in for August. Hi, Dr. Lee, the fabulous Lisa, and beloved Tata. This is Etta from North Carolina. I am most definitely all in for August and beyond. This is a difficult year for me as I lost my husband the day after Christmas last year. This is my second time being widowed. But as difficult as it is, I'm experiencing the kindness and faithfulness of God as never before, and He truly does provide everything I need. I just purchased the Audible version of All In today and have listened to almost all of it already. What an amazing book. I'm excited to see what God will do in me, for me, and with me as I am all in. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery. To get it done, you can get the show notes and more at drleewarren.podbean.com. That's drleewarren.podbean.com, and if you like the show... Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Good morning, my friend. (laughs) I can't believe it. It's uh, August 5th. Holy cow. Um, time is passing, and I'm really tired today. Damon and I and the team had a long day in the OR yesterday. It didn't really finish that late, but it was just one of those days where everything felt like it was harder than it should have been. The things that should have gone fast didn't go fast, and times in between cases were longer than they normally are, and just, just a lot of things happened that, that added time and, and some layers to the day surgeries went beautifully patients doing great but there was just all these these nuances that that made it hard and i'm sure you have days like that sometimes just just days that that uh, feel harder than they should i played those two clips just now before the start of the episode just to to remind us that you know this um this life we're in it's beautiful and it's it's crazy and fun and and exciting but it's also hard and and there's just people beautiful people um, who are going through hard things. And and so if you're in a season right now, friend, if you're in one of those seasons where things are pretty good, things are going well, where you're firing on all cylinders, I just want you to be aware that there are people around you who are going through stuff. 
And so today we're going to talk about running a race. You know, we're, we're talking about doing all in August. We're in the fifth day. We're starting to get into the thick of it. And, and I told you yesterday we're going to hit some resistance. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, Tommy Walker and the band are doing an album of soulful scripture songs. They're taking scriptures and they're writing songs in the kind of Motown soul funk genre. And the thing I love about Tommy and, and his his heart and his ministry has always been that it's a it's a a universal kind of global focus to the idea that there's not just one style of music that appeals to everyone. There's not just one type of songwriting that appeals to everyone. And he's always included children and older people and multiple um, ethnicities and races and, and genders of people. He's, he's had, he's always had um, a band and a choir and, a, and a very eclectic type of group of people that bring music to the ministry because it's a, when we get to heaven, it's going to be everybody, all nations, every tongue. And, and, I, and I can just imagine that God inspired somebody to write music in a particular style. And then and you go to church and it's all the same. And so Tommy's music's always been different. It's like, okay, now we're going to do jazz. Now we're going to do reggae. Now we're going to do this, that, gospel or whatever. And it's just been beautiful to see how people light up in different contexts. And there's a, there's a great video uh, from years ago that I remember that Tommy and his band played a concert in, in Korea. And his daughter Eileen sang a song. He, he knows my name, that beautiful song from Tommy. But she sang one of the verses in Korean. She was a little girl. I bet she was 10 or 11 when, she, when they were there. And you could see the audience just light up when they heard that song in their own tongue. I'm sure they had the like, they had the subtitles on the screen and all that, but when they heard the song in their language, their heart language, their mother tongue, it just it did something different to them, and and it was amazing. So I'll post I'll post a link to that. It's a great concert if you have an hour or so to watch. But that section where Eileen sang, He Knows My Name in Korean, was just beautiful. I'm telling you that just to say this. Tommy released another song from the Soulful Scripture Songs album yesterday called Running the Race. And it's perfect timing because today's episode, it was about running the race. And so I thought I might as well play that song for you. And just we we just transitioned out of that that kind of difficult testimonials that we just heard um, from Dave and, and Etta. And and I'm telling you that there's there's people running their races around you who are going through some hard things. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna play this song and it's really up tempo and it's and it's fun and it's exciting and it's energetic. And you should watch the video because John Tay, the keyboard player and, and a bunch of the, the band members are just having a ball playing this song and, and it's fun. But it's also a reminder that, that we're in the middle of a of a race we're in the middle of something that's hard and it's strenuous and it's difficult and so i want you to think about different aspects of running your race and what that means to you as we as we get into the end of the first week of all in august and i'm going to tell you a couple of stories of some of the things that worked this week that damon and i encountered and and um just give you some things to think about about race running and that'll help you as you're pressing in and going all in we're going to talk about resistance we're going to talk about race running we're going to talk about the challenges that we face but first we're going to let tommy and the band give us our theme song for the day i'm running the race sing it tommy first corinthians 9 24 to 26 says do you not know that in the race all the runners run, yeah. but only one gets the prize? Right. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Yeah. Everyone who competes in the games 
goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beaten in. That's a good one. I love it. So, hey, so so I want to give you a, a little context here for this. So I told you that one of the things I was all in for in August was fitness. I'm, I'm going to get back into a daily routine of working out. And so I, I set that as my intention. I set my plan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out 31 workouts in August, okay? Every day I'm going to do something. And then guess what happened? So I set that intention and then August 1st, I go and run in the morning, did a nice little 5K run. Everything went great. And then that afternoon, Lisa asked me to put something in the refrigerator. And I went out to the garage, the, the outdoor refrigerator. Went out to the garage, and it was on the bottom shelf that I needed to get down to. I was wearing a pair of flip-flops. And I get down on one knee and to put this in the refrigerator. And my foot kind of slipped off the edge of my flip-flop. And my knee went sideways, and it went like, 
made a little weird, funny sound. And by the next morning, I can barely walk on my right knee. Okay, so barely walk on my right knee. And we, we operated that day, and I'm just and I just had trouble, and progressively got more and more sore. And I can't run on my right knee. I can barely. I can I can walk and I can stand. I can operate, but it hurts. And so my right knee is difficult. And then the next morning, so Lisa and I um, have been kind of remodeling our house. It's been this ongoing rolling <laughs> project, rolling money pit project for over two years now. And and she bought a couple of little end tables that are going to be used in the in the living room. And she put one of them kind of in the in the in the living room just before she could put it where it really is going to go. And uh, the day after I hurt my right knee, the next morning when I got up, it was dark in the living room. and I was walking in to get a cup of coffee and I didn't know that that end table was there. And it's, it's black and it was a dark room. And I walked right into it and smacked my left knee right on the kneecap on that end table. So by the end of that day, both my knees were hurting. And so guess what? I can't run, right? So now I've got to take a few days where I can't run. Well, here's where resistance comes in. What the enemy will do is he'll convince you, and if you don't believe in spiritual warfare, then you should at least recognize that your own brain can argue against your own success. So your brain will say, well, shoot, I can't run. I've got to take a couple of days off. I can't get my goal of 31 workouts in. I'll just start in September. Right? I mean, <laughs> you may think that's silly, but I guarantee you that somebody listening to me today has thought like that before. Oh, I messed up. Darn it. I was going to not have any alcohol for the whole month, and now I had some, so I might as well just wait to start to September. Or, you know, I was going to, I was going to get back in church this month and I missed the first Sunday because I had to work. So I might as well just wait till next month. I was going to X, Y, or Z and I messed up. So I'm going to start next week. I'm not going to start today. I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to start Thursday. I'm going to start next Saturday. No, the, 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 the resistance will tell you that. But the reality is I can get 31 workouts in August without running. I can do curls. I can do... Um, overhead presses, I can do upper body stuff, I can do sit-ups, I can do a lot of things without running, right? I can do a lot of things without having to use my knees very much. So the question is, will I? That, that's the question. Will I do those things? I had a couple of days where I was so sore that I didn't do anything. So now guess what? If I want to achieve my stated purpose of going all in with fitness, I'm going to have to do some two days this month and catch up and get to that 31 number just so I can accomplish something that I said I was going to accomplish. I want to get that. You can get cheap dopamine by thinking about and saying and telling other people that you're going to do certain things. And that makes you feel good for a little bit. But what the real payoff is, the neuroscience really good, long lasting neurotransmitter improvement is when you you set a, an intention and you build a system around it, and you pull it off, and you get to it at the end, and you say, man, I did a good job. I did a good job. I'm going to keep that up. I want to keep feeling that, right? And so so I've got some work to do now to overcome the resistance. I want to read you a little passage. One of the best books about creativity that I've ever read is called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. There's a couple of really good books that he's written, really short little books, self-help books about writing and about creation and and just how to how to get through resistance and all that, but the war of art. He talks a lot about this concept of how hard it is to fight through the resistance. And here's what he says: There's a secret that real writers know that wannabe writers don't. Now, friend, listen. This is Lee again. 
I'm not just talking about writing here. Just apply this broadly to every area of your life, okay? So here's what Presswell's talking specifically about writing, but I want you to broadly paint this idea into whatever area of your life that you struggle with. There's a secret that real writers know that wannabe writers don't, and the secret is this. It's not the writing part that's hard. What's hard is sitting down to write. What keeps us from sitting down is resistance, Most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. And between the two stands resistance. Have you ever bought home a treadmill and let it gather dust? Have you ever quit a diet, a course of yoga, a meditation practice? Have you ever bailed out on a call to embark upon a spiritual practice, to dedicate yourself to a humanitarian calling, commit your life to the service of others? Have you ever wanted to be a mother, a doctor, an advocate for the weak and helpless, to run for office, crusade for the planet, campaign for world peace or preserve the environment? Late at night, have you experienced a vision of the person you might become, the work you could accomplish, the realized being you who you were meant to be? Are you a writer who doesn't write, a painter who doesn't paint, an entrepreneur who never starts a venture? Then you know what resistance is. Resistance is the most toxic force on the planet. It's the root of more unhappiness than poverty, disease, and erectile dysfunction. To yield to resistance deforms your spirit. It stunts us and makes us less than we are and we're born to be. If you believe in God, and I do, you must declare resistance evil, for it prevents us from achieving the life God intended when he endowed each of us with our own unique genius. Genius is a Latin word. The Romans used it to denote an inner spirit, holy and inviolable, which watches over us, guiding us to our calling. A writer writes with his genius. An artist paints with hers. Everyone who creates operates from this sacramental center. It is our soul's seat, the vessel that holds our being in potential, our star's beacon and polaris. Every sun casts a shadow, and genius's shadow is resistance. As powerful as is our soul's call to realization, so potent are the forces of resistance arrayed against us. Resistance is faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, harder to kick than crack cocaine. You're not alone if you've been mowed down by resistance. So listen, Pressfield, that's a long passage. You should read his book, The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield. But that's a, a little passage about what resistance is. The fact is... I hurt my knee. The devil didn't kick me in the knee and hurt my knee. But when I hurt my knee, that created an opportunity for resistance to keep me from getting up off the couch for the rest of the month. I had a good excuse, right? And the enemy will sit in your head and say, hey, you need to put your feet up. You know, it's hard. Your knee hurts. You were on your feet all day and you deserve to take a little break. And don't don't put too much stress on yourself. Just Just wait till next month and start over. Well, guess what? That turns into four months, right? Because there's always a good excuse. So if you don't get out of the habit of letting resistance, letting the enemy, letting your brain tell you that you need to get after it, then you'll, you'll succumb to those familiar excuses, right? So I just I wanted to put that little thought in your head that overcoming resistance requires a plan and a system. And most of all, the most important thing it requires is to think ahead about the fact that it's going to show up. Have some prehab. That's why I like that song, Running the Race. It's nice to me to have a little catchy tune in my head as I go through the day. I kind of use it as my as my prehab for praying about the day that's coming up. And, and I say something like, God, I know there's going to come a moment today when I'm going to hit that wall and I'm going to give in to, I'm going to 
be overwhelmed by grief and remember something something reminded me of Mitch or I'm going to hit a wall and my knee's going to hurt and I'm going to need to go and sit on the bench and do some exercises or do some sit-ups or something and I'm, instead I'm going to want to sit and you know, have a bag of Cheetos and, and drown myself in that puffy golden fake cheese delight and tell myself that I'll start exercising next week when my knee feels better. Right? I'm going to pray ahead about that. But then i got to remember that little song. I'm running the race. I'm trying to win that prize. And then I'm going to remember my, my prehab verse of Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. So God's going to remind me, hey, hey, Lee, yeah, you're, you're feeling bad. You, you hurt your knee. You're, you've got resistance. But press on because the prize is worth it. Like press on, press on. And then something I want you to remember of all the, if you've ever watched the Olympics or you've watched a track meet or you've watched some videos of athletes performing, there's, it's great to watch somebody win. It's amazing to watch somebody perform really well and achieve something great. But you know what my favorite stories from the Olympics are? My favorite moments that I've ever remembered my whole life of seeing are times when somebody's running a race and there's all these runners on the track and somebody will miss a hurdle or somebody will trip on their own shoelaces or two runners will collide and they crash and fall down and somebody else stops and goes back and helps another runner get up and finish the race it happens every olympics you can go search you know olympic runner helps another athlete there's tons of videos like that out there there's always somebody who sees another runner struggling and they stop to render aid and they both finish the finish the race together and they both cross the finish line and guess what they don't finish first but they win those stories are the best stories and i'm just telling you that because i want you to recognize that you're not the only one running that race you just heard etta tell a story she's been widowed twice she's been widowed twice She's been through the hardest thing that a spouse can, that a, that a married person can encounter two different times. Unbelievable, right? She's running a race and she's been hard things and she's pressing on. And what she say, I'm all in. I'm doing this. I'm going to do it. So when you're running your race, be, be cognizant of the fact that some of the other runners in the race are dealing with some stuff. They hurt their knee. They pulled a hamstring, Right? And so maybe it's not about how fast you can run or whether you finish first or not. Maybe it's about helping another runner get through it, and together you make it a little further down the path. Maybe that's it for you. Maybe that's the thing. Mark Batterson tells a story in the book, uh, All In. Please read the book. If you haven't read the book, please read it. And if you can't afford it, if your library doesn't have it, if you can't get a copy somewhere, send me an email, and Lisa and I will provide a few copies of All In. We've given away one already. If you, if you don't have any other way to get it and you really feel God's asking you to read that book, send us an email, lee at drleewarren.com, and I will send you a copy of the book on Kindle. I'll send you a digital copy today. Just email me and let me know. We can, we can afford to provide a few if you want to think of it as sort of a curriculum for this month all in by mark patterson batterson with a b batterson great book i'll put a link in the show notes he tells a story in chapter 11 which is by the way one of my favorite bible stories a guy named shamgar is in that chapter we're not going to talk about shamgar today but he tells a story about in 1963 a meteorologist at mit named lorenz 
created what we all call the butterfly effect effect now where the idea that uh, a butterfly in brazil could flap its wings and that could set off a chain chain of events in the weather that could cause a tornado in texas and that happened because he made a little mistake in his um, mathematical formula that he was using to simulate some weather and he rounded down a number there was a there was a number he was supposed to enter point five oh six one two seven and he was in a hurry so he just rounded it down to the nearest thousand point five oh six and what he saw is when the computer ran that simulation that little rounding issue created a huge ma- magnificent catastrophic change in the outcome of that experiment a little puff of wind is what he thought it would change maybe with the with the rounding issue but in terms of what it actually did to the model it set off a catastrophic weather event in the model so what he realized is that he came to this amazing conclusion minuscule changes in input can make a macroscopic difference in output so tiny things that you put in can turn into big things on the back end and that is amazingly true not only in science but also in life. Batterson says, that simple discovery has the power to change your life. It can radically alter your spiritual, emotional, relational, or financial forecast. It can change the atmosphere of your organization or your marriage. One decision, one change, one risk, one idea, that's all it takes. It's all in. So here's the thing. One decision that you make to be kind to somebody instead of blowing up on them, to to forgive somebody instead of holding a grudge, to make a phone call instead of continuing the silence, to, to, to invest a little bit instead of spending a little bit. One decision that you make today could be the difference in, in generations of your family, something monumental that happens. That decision that you make tonight not to have that second glass of wine, not to have that first one, not to pursue that relationship that you're, flirting with, that decision that you make not to click on that website today because you'd rather go all in with God, that decision, friend, could be the thing that finally changes the course and arc of your life and the generations to follow. Your decision, you know what? I'm going to get my money under control this month. I am going to do it. I'm going to stop overspending. I'm going to start investing in assets that pay me something instead of spending on things that take money from me. You want a good example of that? Don't buy German short-haired pointers, okay? <laughs> as, as much as I love Harvey and Lewis, those dogs are a money pit. They're constantly chewing their collars off and losing their GPS collar, getting hurt and having to have $500 worth of veterinary work. That, it, it is not an investment to purchase a dog. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a dog. I'm just saying when you spend money, you either spending money on things that are going to make money for you or make things easier for you or they're going to drain things for you or make things harder for you. So making a decision that you're going to be more wise with your money, more wise with what you put in your mouth, more wise with what you do before you go to sleep, more wise with how you communicate with others, more wise with how much time you spend reading the Bible, for example, instead of watching The Sopranos, with what you put in, more wisdom on the input side, will produce a lot more positive effect on the output side. So we're talking about running a race, and Tommy's song is referencing 1 Corinthians. We talked about 2 Corinthians yesterday. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize, so that run that you may obtain it? Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath. 
but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. What he's saying, don't run aimlessly. Don't like be like a boxer who's shadow boxing. That accomplishes nothing. We spend so much time shadow boxing, punching at things that aren't really there, worrying about stuff that's never going to come to pass, doing things that don't make a difference in our life. Ultimately, he's saying put some discipline on your life. Make the, make the steps you take matter. Go all in with this idea that God's got a plan for you and he has a race he expects you to run and you're not running against anybody else. You're just trying to finish. And so that's why it makes sense to stop and help another runner, to be aware that other people are going through hard things and be willing to help other people finish their race because that's better for you than trying to finish first all the time. It's better. Have a purpose. Damon and I were making rounds. My PA, Damon, making rounds. And we, we had a, a moment where we had a paradigm shift in our thinking. This is one of those moments where you get, you get a little lesson. I love taking care of people. I love health care because we're always getting to see people and learn from people and, and experience people and help people get through hard times. It's amazing how often that helps me more than it helps them. But we had a person who got hurt really badly, had a significant injury that has the potential to change the whole way that they have to live their life downstream from here. They may not make a full recovery. Their injury threatened to significantly limit them. And so we do the surgery to try to rescue that. And post-operatively, the person is a lot better. They've got, they've got tremendous improvement in their function, and there's a good chance that they're going to recover fully. But when we go make rounds on them the next day, their exam is a lot better, but they seem a lot sadder. The person seems like, like they're, they're not very happy. And I'm expecting, Damon and I are expecting this person to be overjoyed. Like, look how much stronger I am. Look how much better I am. But instead, the person's kind of down in the dumps. And so I sit down at the bedside and and hold the hand, and and we start having a talk about, hey, what's going on? And it turns out, so we think they're sad about one thing, and it turns out that right before they got hurt, they lost a parent. So just a few days before, they had this huge, life-changing, devastating injury They had gone through a life-changing, devastating event that's causing tremendous grief. And so then they had to shoulder the burden of having this injury and go through this scary surgery, and now they're recovering and everything looks better. But guess what? Now they are able to switch their brain from thinking about this injury to going back to remember that they just lost this huge, important person in their life. And now they're in the midst and the throes of grief about that, and they're having to recover from a big surgery. And so to me, it made me realize that you know, we always look at somebody from the outside and we think we know what they're dealing with, right? Now I look at your, your body part that I'm responsible for and I say, oh, I know what you're dealing with. But I don't know that your wife just left you or that you just went bankrupt or that you're a recovering addict and you're terrified to have surgery because you've got to give you pain medicine postoperatively and you're afraid that that's going to put you back on that habit. I had a good friend that came to me with a back problem and had a really bad problem. And I told him all about the surgery that he needed for me to fix his issue. This was years ago. And he said, I can't take pain medicine after surgery. And I said, we're going to need some, you know, it's a, it's, it's a pretty painful operation. And he said, Lee, you know, you don't get it. I'm an addict. I'm a recovering addict. And I worked hard to get over that. And I'm more scared of getting back on pain medicine than I am of having this leg that doesn't work. 
It was devastating for him. It was terrifying. And you know what he got through? He, he knuckled through the post-operative pain period without taking narcotic pain relievers because he was m- more willing to go through the pain of recovering from that surgery without medicine than he was to tempt himself with that slide back into the abyss of addiction. That's amazing. So you look at somebody and you don't know what they're going through. You just see the outside. So I would just encourage you today, friend, as we wrap this up, we got to head to work and you got to head to work and we got a lot of stuff going on. You're running a race. Run it with purpose. Run it with passion. Run it with pride. Overcome the resistance. Don't let the enemy convince you that you ought to wait till tomorrow. You ought to wait till next week. You ought to start back over next month. It'll be okay. Just wipe the slate clean and start in September and go ahead and do what you've been doing. And You'll start over next month and it'll be okay. That's a bad thing for your brain chemistry. You need some victories this month. You you need some wins. You need some accomplishments. You need some days when you did what you said you were going to do, when you kept your vow to yourself and to God, when you pulled off the win for that day, for that hour, for that minute, if it takes it. John Swanson's always talking about just, it may be too hard for you to think about getting through life without your husband. So just try to get through the next minute. Just take a breath and give yourself a win for getting through that minute and then do it again. And that's what I want you to do today. You're running a race. If somebody falls in front of you, stop and help them. But have some purpose and some passion and some power to it and overcome that resistance. Check out Stephen Pressfield's little book. Go all in with us. Read Mark Batterson's book. If you can't get it, I'll get one for you. I'll help you. Let me know. Send us a voicemail and let us know what you're all in about and how it's going. This is day five, and it's not going to be easy. So hit that that voicemail function and let me hear from you, okay? Let me hear from you. So you got some accountability. So you have some other people who are saying, hey, we're with you in this. So if you want to put something on the prayer wall, w1md.com slash prayer, you can say, hey, I'm all in, and here's what I'm doing, and here's what I need you to pray about. It's going to be hard for me. Or you can leave a voice message, speakpipe.com slash drleewarren speakpipe s-p-e-a-k-p-i-p-e dot com speakpipe dot com slash dr lee warren send a voicemail it's free hit that button start recording send us a message keep it classy so i don't have to you know don't want to have to bleep anybody out but send me a message and let me hear from you put something out there okay enter that race and let us see you so we can be with you. We can need to know what you're fighting against so we can help you fight. We'll, we'll help you box so you're not boxing against the air. Go check out Tommy Walker's website, TommyWalkerMinistries.org. You can watch them play that video, play that song. It's so fun to watch those guys in their element playing those songs that they love. And check out First Corinthians 9 and start running this race with purpose. We're with you, Dave. We're with you, Etta. All of you who have called in so far, we're with you. We're all in. And the good news is... You can start today. Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren podcast is listener supported. Check out patron.podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. That's patron.podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. Patrons and partners get free books, transcripts, special patron only episodes and more. And partners like you allow us to stay ad free and keep growing. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together 
via self brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.